0: Start the show, Figo. All right, man. Let's get it started, man. Somebody talk about rumors of war. Yeah. All right. No, no. I'll just start it off like this. Episode two of Lyrical Ones. I hope not to ask you for the date each time, but what's the date today?
1: It is June 11th.
0: June 11th, episode two, Lyrical Ones. I go by the name of Figo Navarro. I'm here with Cross, Cineo, and the one and only Alex Osborne. What a doo-doo, man. Did I say that? Was that cool intro?
2: Now it's good. Another, another solid intro. Welcome to Thursday, lyrical ones, episode two. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me on.
1: I'm gonna edit out the awkward silence every time there's a.
0: Nah, dude, you
2: gotta let it breathe, man. No, no, you don't. You don't. Yeah, no, we don't need that. That's why we edit. (laughs) <laughs> so so people don't know that it, it was there word <laughs> we're just
0: gathering our thoughts you know we didn't have no no list you know for this episode two we just here chopping it up
1: let's plug in your new single that comes out in a few hours
0: yeah i'll do that man let's you want to start there okay man I what go is by it about name, man
1: figo navarro actually that, I, let, let's send you ask you how uh what it was about you know you know, tag team. Yeah, tag. for real. Let's 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 get to it. Um, this a you know, handicap match. So yeah. you know, Figo Navarro. Uh, you know, you've been on a consistent run of releasing songs, and you have another one that's fallen upon us later on the night. You said it's called "Rumors of War." So yeah. why don't you break down "Rumors of War" for those who you know don't know, maybe interested, and just you know fans of the, of the Figo music.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, "Rumors of War" I recorded this about a year ago. And it was inspired. I work at a youth center. um, And a lot of the music that was coming out of that was a lot of gun talk, to be honest with you. So, you know, still is. Uh, It's part part of hip-hop. It's part of life. It's not just hip-hop. It's part of the world we live in. Um, But Rumors of War is me just, yeah, talking about that, how our communities are being destroyed by violence. Simple as that. And I, yeah, it's a, what what do we, I sampled a movie a scene from a movie, uh, Fury, you know, with Shia LaBeouf, Brad Pitt. Okay. So, you know, it has that war element. Um, the name just popped up in my head, and then it turns out it's like, uh, you know, it's in, it's in the word, it's in the Bible. Matthew, uh, don't quote me, because I, I, I'm going to chop it up. I know it's Matthew, but it talks about the end, uh, the last days. So there will be rumors of war, uh, but to not worry, I'm paraphrasing it, because there's more to come. Yeah. And it was, it was one of those, one of those, man. And my, I grew up with my dad always talking about the apocalypse. So I feel like with everything that's been going on, that
1: was coming up. Okay. So you saying you wrote that, like, when'd you write this? When'd you write this song? A year ago. A year ago? ago. A year ago. A year ago. So what is it like? Is it because of, I mean, I could only imagine, I, I hate to make the assumption, but, you know, break it down as to why now you feel like it's the time for this song to come out.
0: Yeah, man. Just senseless violence. That's what it came down to senseless violence. And yeah, talk about it. I, I don't necessarily get political with it, uh, but it is what it is, man. We live in these times where people are dying, innocent people are dying and it's not, you know, it shouldn't be that way. So I felt the need to to talk about it, write about it. So as I was seeing, I was hearing kids getting shot in a space where I worked in and I was just like, yo, this, this is part of the, you know, brainwashing that we go through. You know what I mean? And we all grew up on, certain level of music that kind of brought that out out of us you know that energy
1: so yeah no I feel it I mean when you think about going back to that time period and thinking about kind of you know we all to some degree we work in the community we're from the community and when I say community I mean you know like there's a There's a saying about, you know, uh, having boundaries when you are a person that's in service to the community. So, you know, when I'm not in the mask, I'm in the community, you know what I'm saying? Like I am a advocate and a supporter and a community worker, you know, because for me, the community holds a high level of importance. So when I hear you talk about being in a space where you're working with kids and the conversations about violence, you know, I just wonder like, how important is it for you to kind of address what they're talking about? And then at the same time, like still have to show up for your community? Yeah.
0: Well, part of it was uh I didn't want to come across like super preachy, like, you know. Um, and there was also this level of like, I wanted a rap, like just literally bring a delivery and bars and a couple punchlines and that was part of the approach with it so it was also like let me draw you into the skill side of it but also sprinkle what i feel needs to be said or how i feel regardless of like everyone has their own opinion about you know i mean there's a i did a reference uh Nipsey RIP um you know the marathon continues every day i'm running laps like that mentality that you know you know the good he left behind as an example um you know and there there's just like certain lines that i felt like yeah, it was me reflecting on what I was seeing. So it's not necessarily like as a community worker, it's not necessarily like, oh, I got the answers. This is just how I feel about it, you know? And if you find some good in that, then I hope that's the case.
1: Okay, okay, that's what's yeah. up. Like, um, you know, speaking again on that, uh, you know, I, I would like for you to give some insight because you yeah. play multiple roles, right, in your community. Yes, you know, sir. whether it's just in your close circle or the people that you just come in contact with what do you have to say about the idea of working in the community and living in the community? Because I think that a lot of people work in the community, but they don't live in the community. So could you speak to that? Man, I mean, this
0: is part of the battle that we're dealing with people that are not in the community working in it, you know, and you think about the educational system, there's teachers that have no idea what community they're serving. So I've had the honor and privilege to be able to work in a community that I lived in and I grew up around a lot of these environments and I'm familiar with a lot of these spaces and uh, yeah, some of the stories that we hear from a lot of these kids is like, yeah, like I'm looking in the mirror a lot of times, you know, it's a reflection of me as well. So yeah, I don't know if that completely answers your question, but yeah, I think it's important to to try to get more folks that work in the community to be part of the community as well, so I'm, I'm here outside and inside the court. That's kind of like my mentality. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. So you are who you are before you got here. Yeah, man. I mean, Hey, I, a lot of
0: things took for me to get here that Don't get it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, still, not at all. Like, yeah.
1: I mean, it's all respect to the journey you had to go through. You know what I'm saying? Cause I think that's the thing that are like, uh, or the biggest difference right now about what you're bringing to the table is you're rapping about it and you be about it. You know, it's, I think, and, and, And I like what you said about, like, not being preachy. Like, from what I've seen you do, you know, as both a a friend and a fan, is you've definitely taken the approach of being an artist first and making quality music, right? Like, being really understandable and aware of, like, this is what you want to do. This is how you want to present yourself. This is what you want to show. So, you know, to me, I just think you know, first and foremost, I I love to honor the fact that, you know, you're being an artist first and foremost, and you're letting what you have to say come next, you know what I'm saying, because I think what happens too many times, or at least what I've witnessed happen a lot, that always is disheartening, is like, you'll have an artist who you know can rap, who you know is great, and then for what, you know, for whatever reason, I feel like they let themselves get in the way of the music, because they have a lot to say, you know what I'm saying, like, they'll be like, it be, it's like over technical and then loses the feeling. And I feel like with music, you have to be able to like, you got to get a person to feel it first. You know, if you, if you can't even get them to, to understand the emotion that you conveying before what the actual words are, we got a problem. So I'm, I'm, you know, if anything, I'm way in anticipation of the song. So where, where can people find this song at? Where will it be available?
0: Yeah, it'll be available on, on uh, streaming platforms, uh, Spotify title, uh Apple Music. If my if MySpace was popping, we would have it on there too. I don't to. <laughs> What's up, Kirk? We have a special guest in the building in the Zoom land. <laughs> hey, but speaking of Did on I miss guys, the song already? Did I miss the song already? No, I haven't I haven't played it. Uh, uh Christian, I play it. But you know, I gotta share this story because I, I called Christian right away after this. Uh so Sineo is just asking me about this new song I'm releasing tonight, uh, midnight. Um, but Kirk, I'm still, and I meant to call you, man. I'm still tripping off the fact that I run into you as soon as you're about to play the song, heaven knows. And that gave me chills. I was like, man, you know, God always trying to get my attention somehow. So I don't know. I just wanted to share that. I know it's via zoom, but.
3: But that song is fine. I play it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I think that song, especially, I have to admit, when you shout out San Francisco in a minute, I'll be like, I'll be like, yeah, shout it! That's my spot, that's Appreciate my that. town. And uh, I almost wish, in the uh, in the mastering, that it was a little louder, even because I would like that.
0: Man, right that off of A little
3: soft. Yeah, you right? No, you right. But I love it, man. I'm so glad.
0: Appreciate that. Because
3: what come out this city, man? Nobody, a lot of people don't believe what come out of here. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and I was, that that was just beautiful. So, man, I'm just glad to be in the room with you guys, man. Right on, Kirk. How's your day been going? You have no idea, <laughs> <laughs> but it's beautiful though. Uh, like I said, my motto is life is a beautiful mess. It's mm-hmm. beautiful and messy all at the same time, and that's what I, I believe. That's what God allows us to live in. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so many times I think they want us to be so heavenly and everything's mm. well and right and god th- that that didn't happen with nobody in scripture so why do i think that's supposed to happen for me so uh but i say god plants in mess so the best oh. fertile ground to plant is in some dung and some dookie in some <laughs> <stuff. It's laughs> to me. and some stuff and and he plants us in the middle of that so we could be fruitful. So
0: yeah.
3: I'm I'm good for it. Man. Get to this. I'm hoping for this uh march that we doing on Sunday and I hope it do- goes well. I believe it will. And um, I think it's just gonna be fire, man. I just I just I just leave it.
0: I don't You think Beagle's performing, right? Uh yeah, you told me if hey if the space is open, you know, I'm I'll be honored to share a piece, but I'm being mindful of what that day's gonna look like. So uh, I'm here, I'm willing. I,
3: I, need, I, need, I need. I got a spot for, uh, for you, cause I'm, how, how do we do it? LO for life, so uh, <laughs> uh, whatever that you, is, right? I'm with you. So <laughs> let's do this. Let's love. I need you on the stage. Hey, so Kirk, I, you I just, think I, I want my man. I was, I was, uh, my man sitting up on there with the mask on, he might have to say, You know, that's right, I got a mask on, I need to have this mask on.
1: I appreciate that, thank you for that.
3: I thank heard you me. last week, brother, with it, and I said, That's dope what you said. That's dope.
1: I mean, yeah. you gotta,
3: you, you know, we gotta
1: protect our identities out here. You know, it's, it's too <laughs> easy for, for people to co op us, our voice, our skin color and yeah. try to manipulate that for other reasons and purposes. And for me, you know, I'm always going to push for your privacy, your anonymity, and just your sense of self, you know, your sense of security.
3: Woo. You know. Fire, brother. I love that, man. Thank I'm learning you. from you, man. That's, that's beautiful. I, I, I need to hear that. Thank you.
1: No, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, you know, yeah. it's, so you say it's going on this Sunday. I mean, why don't you get a little bit more details? What time, What you know, when people coming
3: together? Okay, we are coming together at uh at the the march starts at two o'clock uh where Mario Woods was killed at okay. that M- mural third in Fitzgerald and then uh we're marching to the the Mendel Plaza at, starting at two thirty so the actual march starts at two there Ben McBride is going to get us pushing in that area and chanting and doing all these things and then um the actual official rally starts at 3:15 3, uh we're calling it a uh um righteous resistance um a march for justice a righteous, righteous resistance okay yeah, okay. yeah and so. what is
1: it what is it that you what is it that you want to see when when it comes to justice what are you looking for you know, I'm not, um, I'm not. You don't have to talk for the larger majority of of who right, are you, right. you know. Just for you, what is what's justice?
3: And I, it, it, some of it sounds so simple. Stop killing me. Stop killing me. That's that's the. It, it starts there. Um, like Say that. My boys, uh, my boys have been stopped. Like I have been stopped walking out of my own house. Uh, it, it, it starts there but some of it is uh, police I, I almost it's almost hard to say police reform because sometimes I feel just like I feel about the church and now this is where I get a little day I think the whole damn thing needs to be brought down and I think the foundation of it is faulty sometimes uh, you know in how it was founded and when I say about, when I say that about church, I don't mean what God' original intent was for it. It's all the man-made BS. I'm gonna be kind on the Zoom because we <laughs> might be <laughs> this foundation. He's warming up. He's warming we up. We didn't built this this church system on. Is is faulty. It's faulty, and that's why it's falling down. That's why nobody want to be a part of it. And I don't blame them because we're not we're not standing for truth. And uh, part of the uh, part of the march, I, I will be saying this too, that it's time to, for the church to repent for not being in the rightful place that they were supposed to be in. Uh, we we have not loved well. We have not sat with people well. We haven't cried with people well. We haven't. Um, Uh, fought for them well, Um, yeah, it it is part of what, you know, Jesus walks into the temple and he basically says, I'm for the oppressed, I'm for the broken, I'm for those who've been in prison, I'm for that woman, I'm for that man, I'm for the people, Uh, the, the, the faith that I see this good news is to the oppressed. And it's supposed to have not, it, it, it got twisted. It got twisted a long time ago. And we are part of, uh, many of us are just a part of the matrix at this point. We, we, we don't understand. We need to get unplugged. So uh, justice for me is stop killing us. Uh, justice for me is uh, also environmental justice. Um, the atom bomb came through Bayview-Hunters Point. And uh, we were wondering at one point why so many people had asthma, so many people had cancers. So, as environment is, it's educational injustice. I could go on and on, but every system it, that that this government built itself on, which a lot of people want to declare is the Bible, is faulty mm. and is broken. And um, uh, and it, we could amend it as much as we want and but it is is jacked up so I, I i i want justice for uh mario woods and i'm gonna bring up this name his name is matthew johnson uh and i'll shut up with that uh he was killed at 16 years old in september of 1966. um he was shot in the back by a police officer in bayview hunters point and we went off, just like what's happening right now. And the National Guard actually marched down Third Street. They, yeah, we went off and they shot us. They shot at people. They shot at buildings right by the Bayview Opera House. And that's why I wanted to march to the Opera House. I want to march there because uh, it's clear that uh, if you look at any James Baldwin in San Francisco, You'll see he the same issues that were happening in Lubbock texas and in and, and other places in the south and Mississippi. It was just happening here. It just looked different Flint Flint, Michigan, who we talk about their water supply, is the same thing in the ground here in Bayview Hunters Point. It's the same, same thing, but this is where I stand. I stand like the brother said at the end of uh, Last Black Man. When the two white girls were on the bus and they were complaining about San Francisco and he said, hey, 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 shut up. You can't hate, you can't hate, hate you it Never love it. You can't hate and it unless you love like, it. <laughs> you can't hate it unless you love it. So I, I love my city. So I get to, I get a chance to say something about it. So that's Thank that's you. me in a nutshell. I love you, man. I love you, brothers. Particularly, uh, keep doing what you're doing. And I, and I, for real, you don't know how much I speak of you uh, all. How I speak of you all. And so, uh, keep doing what you're doing. Last Thursday was, last Friday was it Thursday or Friday? Y'all did that thing. What Friday. day was that? Friday. Huh? Friday. Was Friday? Friday.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that yeah boy, that boy, that
3: that was nuts. That I, I, I was feeling every poet. That was that was so so fire, and I just loved the way you, uh, Figo, and uh, you know just you all know, bounced off each other to make that thing flow. It was just I was like, dang, they've been doing this. They know they I'll got it. So it was really good. It was really really good. Thank you. Fire. Thank you very
1: much. I know. Thank you. That thank you. over money,
3: man. That yes. over money. Yeah,
1: it. man. <laughs> no, um. Oh, no. No, thank you for that perspective and and giving us that insight. Thank you for for kind of shedding light on you know your per- just what you come from and what you've seen and what holds importance to you. You know, like you know you you brought up so many things that kind of trigger so many memories for those that don't know. You know, I, I will give a little piece of myself away. Um, some of us are Thurgood third Marshall alumni and, and being Thurgood Marshall alumni, <laughs> T-Train out here, T-Train, yeah. the thing is we had a riot where it was, you know, escalated and pretty much handled in the most horrible way possible due to the police involvement and how they treated the kids and the things that I witnessed as long as my fellow, you know, alumni from the school, it was a traumatic and you know, just abusive. You know, it, it was a, a situation where, you know, you talk about having a National Guard walk down Third Street. You know, that day, I remember how many people were put in a paddy wagon and how they had the police line up arm to arm on Silver and pushed us into the intersection of Bayshore. And at the end of the intersection, at the end of Bay- uh, Silver and Bayshore, there was what they call the Harley group and the Honda group. So on one side, you had all the police officers with the Harley, uh, you know, motorcycles. And then you had on the other side of the street, all the police officers with the Honda motorcycles. And I was like, yo, this is really, this is wild. Like, this is going down. Like, this is chaos. And we're kids. You know, we're minors. We're just, we're trying to figure it out. And I'm witnessing teachers get chased, kids thrown on tables, you know, handcuffed being thrown. You know, I, I witnessed the yeah, yeah. kid." Uh, in the, I believe they were in the 10th grade being harassed by the police, like antagonized, tempted into fighting them. And I was like, yo, this is crazy. The way y'all talking at us, not you, there was no conversation to be had. It was talking at us and yeah, trying yeah. to antagonize us into a, into a, a threatening, you know, moment. And so, you know, just hearing you say that the 60s and that happened in early 2000s and here we are 2020, we're talking about 40, 20-year gaps, and it's the man, same stuff.
3: I was there, too, man. I was there. I was in between the cops and the kids trying not to get – trying to keep the uh, the kids safe, man. I was trying to keep the kids safe. Alexis Iliopoulos. Uh, Shout if out, you remember, Alexis. She just called me the other day. She's the one who called me and said, Kirk, they beaten us, and I rushed to the school. Crazy. And I remember the helicopters and the they came down with the billy clubs and I was like I ain't heard, and then I ain't never seen no kids actually fight a cop. I mean I was like this is different. I saw a Spanish girl <laughs> getting hers in. <laughs> <laughs> like a free city. Like, hey,
1: <laughs> you gotta y'all, defend y'all messed with
3: wrong, You messed with the wrong group here.
1: I mean we don't. You know I, I can speak for myself. I'm not one to condone violence, but I do condone. Defending yourself. If right. you feel like you're being harmed or threatened, I mean, sometimes you can't fly. Sometimes you gotta fight. And unfortunately, hey. that was one of those times where, you know, we have more than enough kids. You don't know what they go through at home. You don't know what they've been through in their neighborhood. What they done seen and experienced in their life. And at the end of the day, regardless of your uniform or whatever oath you take, you are a human being. So if you come across as a threat, then. Some people don't have to protect themselves. So, you know, it's not to condone violence. I'm not endorsing it, but I am saying, you know, we all got to do what we can to defend ourselves and protect ourselves. So, you know, be safe, be peaceful. But, uh, you know, yes. if you can't get out the way, then you're going to have to go through some things.
3: Yeah. I'm you know. a Christian, but your chin is still checkable. That's what I used to say.
1: <laughs> hey, <laughs> Let it be. Yeah. That's a quotable. <laughs> I mean, it's it's
3: real though. You gotta you gotta let me know.
1: known we that. come from a city where often it's you know there's there's a tale the two cities in San Francisco. You know, mm-hmm. I can't tell you when I got to experience life outside of San Francisco and people's interpretation of San Francisco was the complete opposite yeah. of what I knew it to be. You know, like you know the 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 black community now, even though it's there, it wasn't what it was 1996 and before. You know, like. Ooh. In terms of the involvement of the, the churches being the community centers and the amount of programming and support and just you know the the culture that was so vibrant, and then you know as the dot com came along, it just started ripping and breaking it up, and people even more didn't know or understand how diverse and you know, for lack of a better term, how gutter it can be in the city. You know, people think of it's it's all you know you know, monuments and and landmarks and people forget when you get to that southern east side of the city, it's a whole nother land. It's a whole nother area. You know, we are not talking about beaches, we're talking about the bay. So I just
3: <laughs> I remember back in the day SF meant sucker free.
1: Sucker free. Now it's sucker few. <laughs> it's the it's the sucker free few. Man. You know, it's, You're right. it's real. you know, it's, <laughs> it's one of those things where the, the ones who still there are holding on strong. And, you know, I was I was in, actually last night. I was in the police commission, SF police commission uh, conversation they were having. And, you know, everybody in there, I was like, you know, kind of proud to know that the, the, the way people are articulating themselves and communicating what they wanted to see. And, and you know, everybody can feel how they want to feel. But the unanimous voice was they want to abolish the police. And, you know, as as extreme as it sounds, right, when we talk about you talk, you brought it up, how you said how Christianity or the church was started and how things became changed and distorted over time through man's perception of like, how do we harness this for our own? Right. Right. I mean, we got to be real about the police. It started off as the slave patrol. And when you start when you start from that foundation, I don't know how much you can really hold on to that lasting through generations. Exactly. I mean, we, we're going to tear down these monuments of oppression where we talk about how to civil war, right? We have these f- figures like in Richmond, Virginia, you got all these statues of all these Confederate you know, generals being torn down. And now, you got to be in this position where we still have a system that was built off of that that exists and it's causing harm to the same people it caused harm to 400 years ago yeah yeah so when we talk about abolish it ain't we ain't we're not trying to be disrespectful to people's jobs and their livelihood and their families but something has to change and and you know for me personally i'm pushing for absolute change and absolute ain't half ain't incremental ain't 25 percent. it's all of it so you know i'm just thank you kirk for, for triggering you know this response and inspiring <laughs> to go this far but wow uh, You know, (laughs) no,
4: because I feel it's very valid, because I was at the Los Angeles protest uh, last Saturday, the Saturday that it was declared the biggest civil rights movement um, in history, the Black Lives Matter, and that's just a little fact. You can fact check that if you'd like. Um, Well, right before LA County went marching, there was a young speaker, and when, when she spoke, her voice rattled, and it also rattled the hearts of every listener. And it brought many to tears because she broke down the history of the police and how, yes, it did start mm-hmm. as a slave patrol. So the same bodies that were stolen needed to be patrolled so that they weren't stolen. However, they would be put into a submissive uh, position only to be put controlled and to be kept in that submissive position which systemically we can talk about how it's built into our institutions and that is the reason why we need to dismantle these these systems at their foundations so that right. no one continues to conter- continues to carry the psychology behind it that's yeah. what's infecting that's the virus
3: yeah that's what's, that's true. That's what's up. Yeah. That's and, what's up. And
1: you know, me, I can't help myself. Uh, one of the things somebody said, it was somebody out of the Tenderloin last night in the SF P- police commission conversation. And they had offered this idea. And I thought it was a really, a really great idea. Cause I never, I never labeled it. I just said I got demands and my demands were always along the lines of like reforming the education system, the legal system and the medical system. Because you know, those, have such great impact influence and control over our lives. And it just so happens that black people, people of color, brown people are also the most severely impacted in the negative space of those institutions. Now, what this person said was, instead of it being the police force, we should have a social services, firefighters. And what he said was, is that Instead of it being about um, you know enforcing the law, it's about crisis management right so everyone's trained as an EMt everyone's trained in relationships and how to like you know not only intervene in the public but also how people interact with themselves and It would be more treated as a mobile response force than it would be any one stationary place right so that means it would be like mobile hospitals where you would have these buses that would come to neighborhoods in crisis. And try and address the needs of the people and try to find, you know, nonviolent resolution instead of it being a situation where it's like, okay, we got to call for arms, right? Because a lot of times the needs aren't being met, which is what's provoking the crime. It's not necessarily people just, you know, we animals ravenous, just going crazy. It's, okay, economically speaking, we are doing horrible or we don't have or lack what we need so now we have to find means to get and gain access to what it is we need and that's where that's where you know to me I think it was a great idea to say how do we get people to respond and just be consistent with that response and not have it be this fixed entity where it's just like oh yeah let's have a police department let's do let's do things this way that's been done for so long that obviously people are tired of so you know it was something to think about
4: Cinio, so, um, if I may comment, yeah, Um what's what's disheartening is not that oh, in our black communities we have to go out of our way, and then there's this issue with crime, the, because there's crime in every class. It's just that our crime against each other has to be stealing food, when other white collar crimes are. Oh, of my need of needing a third car or a second yacht, or <laughs> my need of needing of another million, billion, so on and so forth, and I and I steal from my employees. That's a whole another string of conversations. Am I right? Am I wrong?
1: No, you're right. You're right. I mean, you're talking about a a systemic issue that, like, even the way that it's treated. Because I I mean, I had a, a chance to work with a uh, kind of juvenile probation and to see kind of how the treatment is, right? Like I throw around the stat of being, you know, what is it less than 15% of the population in San Francisco is black, but we make up more than 35%, if not higher, of the arrests. So the thing is I remember getting phone calls from parents who would self-disclose like, you know, they're white and they're dealing with this their child who's doing all these crimes and nobody will do anything about it. Like we're talking about the store won't call. The store won't call the police on them. And then when they try to approach the police, the police is like, well, this comes off more of as a civil matter. But let a kid Jay walk across the street and just so happen to fit a certain type of profile of being black or of color. Now we gonna interact with you and we gonna provoke you and put you in a position to try and control you. And it's like, man, like you're right. At the end of the day, they don't, not only does the crimes not fit, right? You talking about white collar crimes that impact people's livelihoods versus a person just taking a candy bar. But the perspective and approach, right? I'm just going to pursue you because of how I feel about you versus what is, you know, what's the spirit of the law and what's the letter of the law? And I think that's that's a big difference. Yep. So for those that you don't that don't know, you know, this is the lyrical ones. We got June in the building. I we got Kirk in the building. You know, we we coming back from, you know, having last week where we had performances, we had our first episode, and now we're here just discussing kind of things on the fly in terms of just what what we feel and what what what's happening right now in the world and how you know what was can no longer be. You know, I think that's a, a big thing is, you know, people are uniform in their ideas and their beliefs that the ways of the old it ain't cutting it I mean I'm gonna tell you today I was I was my other self the not mask me and I had a a meeting where you know we're discussing uh change in our organization right I work in a workforce development agency I am responsible for a high school in San Francisco in terms of being able to link youth to jobs and support them in job search and job skills, right? So, you know, the school I work at is deemed as a continuation school, even though when you, if you're a student there, right, the education is anything but that, right? It's kind of the forefront of what education is going to become in America in terms of like project-based learning, right? So when I'm in these conversations, I'm always trying to advocate for the youth. Now, because I'm dealing with my larger organization, which isn't all about the youth, it also serves adults. The thing is, is that, you know, our breakdown is like, I would say maybe less than, maybe 25% people of color and the rest is, of course, white. And, you know, they was talking about things that to me, it just elevated me, right? Like this was a a committee trying to address systemic racism. And what they were talking about was like, oops and ouches right like we need to have space where we could we could say oops and ouch to things and i'm like i don't need a oops and ouch i don't want that i've been hurting i don't need you to to acknowledge my pain in that way i need change i need i need you to be like can you agree to this can we agree that we're not going to make uh the identities of black and brown people an afterthought in our conversations of workforce development is going to be a core principle that reoccurs and exists throughout everything we do. It can't be just a footnote that we check a box off and say, oh yeah, we did it, so now it's done. It has to be something that is reaffirming, reaffirming and reassuring to all of the people we have contact with because we work with people from the city, from the community, from the larger Bay Area who are looking for jobs. And if you don't feel right, I do not think you're going to be able to sustain and maintain your job. If you can't speak up and advocate for yourself when you're at work in a professional manner, whatever that means, I mean, how are you going, how are you going to feel good at night when you may be put in a position where, you know, these unfortunate standards have been placed upon you and what we supposed to just accept it. Nah, we can't, we got to change. What was no longer works. So, you know, moving forward I think it's about the innovation of how we promote change push change and proactive with our consistency with change so you know that's kind of that's kind of that kind of brings me to the topic of um Cross had brought up earlier the idea of like what does it mean to be anti-racist versus what was it Cross it was anti-racist versus you there Cross it was, I think it was anti-racist versus, what was it, not racist?
2: Not, not racist, yeah, versus not racist.
1: Okay, so let's, let's, I mean, anybody who wants to kind of give their, their take on anti-racism versus not being racist, you know, what is, the, what is the, the breakdown?
2: I mean, it really comes down to whether you're on the sidelines or you're not. And a lot of people look for their comfort, they seek comfort, that's the society, that's capitalism right? Gain whatever you can and find comfort in it and protect it, protect that comfort and protect the stuff that comes with that comfort. And a lot of people won't jeopardize their comfort or their stuff or their, their property. They won't jeopardize it because they feel like they found this little slice of heaven and they got to protect that little bit. And when it comes to what everyone else has um, the capacity to, to gain, they will they will um they will just let everybody else fight for it so even if they got a head start even if they have you know some advantageous um place they will not move with a minority to jeopardize their their slice of the pie so that everybody else can get a, pie, a slice too they'd rather watch other people be stepped on and they have this this apathy that's just created from, from having stuff. It's not really about power or influence or anything like that. Like racism itself is just about economics. And as long as there's someone that you can press down or look down on, you can continue to profit. um, Even if it's just a little bit and um, you know, that's kind of what happens is even if folks are, even if folks are poor, right. They'll, they'll vote for the person that will potentially keep someone under them. Right. As long as there's somebody, you know, who working, you know, working hard or working hard as me, but for getting paid less than me, then I'm going to, you know, keep what I got and I'm not going to help them level up. And so even if I'm making pennies, as long as they are making half pennies, then, then I, you know, then I can look, look at myself and say, Oh, well, I, at least I'm doing better than them. And, they're gonna have to figure it out for themselves. And that's kind of what it means to, you know, be not racist and just let the system push other people down because they look different. And anti-race anti-racism or being, you know, anti-racist is about understanding that the system is pushing down a lot of people and it doesn't get better. It's not, it's no, there's no capacity for growth, there's no capacity for moving forward and there's not real freedom if everybody's not free. And part of that is right from education, when people don't know that, you know, slavery is still happening in America, right? When people don't know that police brutality is still happening, like people who live in San Francisco, who, you know, think that they know what's going on, think they live in a tolerant city, have no idea or just completely unaware, uh, unaware or ignorant, because they're in their own rat race. And it would, it would mess up their psyche, it would mess up their flow, it would mess up their capacity to do for themselves or their family, if they knew how bad things were. So they stay in this space of comfort, so that they can do what they need to do for their, themselves and their family while people are next to them, right, are bleeding out right next to them. You know, financially bleeding out, um, emotionally, spiritually bleeding out, physically bleeding out, just being taken from on a regular. And people will just have blinders to it. We see it all the time when people walk, you know, walk through the tenderloin, to go to UC Hastings, or walk to the Tenderloin to go to City Hall, or walk to the Tenderloin to go to karaoke, or walk to the Tenderloin to, to go to Twitter, the Twitter building. You see it all the time where people put blinders on, had their headphones on, turned all the way up, and people will be next, right they walk right by, people bleeding out. And it doesn't occur to them that the reason that some of those people are bleeding out is because of their skin color.
1: So just to kind of give you my 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 bounce back, right, like, so, because I, I mean, while you said that, I was looking, trying to see if there was any, like, supporting articles and, you know, kind of like, you know, just whatever kind of intellectual properties out there in terms of, like, what is, what is people's notion of anti-racist versus not racist, right? So, like, anti-racist is the active approach. Of dealing with racism whereas not racist is the passive approach right so you were detailing how people insulate themselves as being not racist right I got black friends I'm not racist but where's your engagement in pushing forward change for changing the narrative of what racism does to people right so the passive approach is well I got what I got I'm good my you know me and mine's we good over here and you and yours like we could be friends but I don't necessarily need to speak up vote or do anything outside of the ordinary because your little 2% incremental change you get every year is just enough for me. And instead of, you know, being anti-racist, where it's like, no, we gonna, we're going to, we're going to stand with you. We're going to protect you. We're going to be there with you through this change. And we're going to provoke people and leverage our privilege or leverage our skin color to make sure you are held at the table to the same degree that we are. So, you know, uh, I, uh, uh, Alex, thank you for, for giving us that perspective and really kind of putting us on because, you know, it's it's unfortunate how many people do get lost in their own little like, well, we good over here. Like, yeah y'all, you know, you're right. we be walking around downtown. I, didn't, I can't tell you how many times I've would been on 16th as they go to their little shuttles and somebody's literally like passed out, incapacitated on the ground. It's like, so none of y'all gonna call 911? All right, I guess it's up to me. I'm gonna sit here until until they arrive because y'all just stand like you're just walking by right like you like this is what i would always say san francisco is such a trip because it does so such a good job of painting this picture of equality progressiveness and being the ones to kind of like i can tell you on so many hands how many times i've heard the words i came to san francisco to be a part of a movement to be a part of the cause to be a part of the community and what happens is People don't realize it, but like San Francisco as a whole is largely indifferent, right? So racism is like, I hate you for what you are. Indifference is, I'm going to act like you don't even exist, right? Right. We go back to what you said about, you know, just what the last black man in San Francisco was like, you can't hate it unless you love it, right? And in this case, San Francisco has gotten so good at the manipulation of kind of how they treat us, where it's like, well, we ain't got to hate you if we act like you ain't there right? Like, if we know that your property's worth something, we'll give you a voucher, right, to leave the city, right? Even though you're going to have yeah. to come back here, your kids are going to want to come back here, even though your whole life and your, your whole identity is out here, the opportunities are out here, but we're going to put you in a position where it's like, oh, you know, we noticed that you might be living in government supplemental housing and you could live in a bigger place outside of the city, but what are you doing? You finding ways to break down the community so there's no base here, right? You got to be a commuter to have a community, and that's not that's that's not realistic. It's not sustainable, and so the 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 city at hand and and how it moves and how it operates is it's a level of indifference more than anything, right? We got so many organizations, so many nonprofits. When I tell you I've sat in all these phone calls nationwide about, you know, funding for programs. And I hear the people from Oakland and SF start talking and they, it's literally like, we just stunned. Like, it's like, oh, y'all, y'all need to do a bake sale. <laughs> we just got a grant. And it's like, we take for granted kind of the position we hold as this this force for change of good, right? So. To me, it's like the indifference is just so crazy and it's manipulation of people and, and just who we are, what we do and where we come from. So, you know, I just, I can't stress it enough. You know, if, you, if you're if you out here and you're not from here and you're listening, you know, really be aware of like what's going on in your neighborhood and the people who are from here, like really take in and listen to, you know, what we see and how we feel, because if it's it's something to be said about joining the community, right? It's not that we against you. It's that we see kind of how you subscribe to these these beliefs and these standards, and you, you do nothing to help us to want to bring you into the fold. And so- But you
2: know what, Cineo? You know what? The crazy thing is the, set, the system is, is, is set up for them to be in triage, right? The, si- the system is set up for them to have such a sense of urgency to stay alive, to keep their rent, to keep their, a roof over their head, to find a roommate, that when, it's, when they do get their downtime, right, all they want to do is be numb. All they want to do is escape, right? All they want to do is lay out in the sun, Dolores Park, whatever. Like, it's understandable, but they don't realize that the sense of urgency that everybody else has, right, it's not about getting a break because they know the break is not coming. Right? Like, I know there won't be a break from from the government for me. Like, I know they they, like, I know every day that at any point, a cop could have a bad day. Every time, right, I see, the, I see the, the black and white, I see the black and white from every angle, right? You see it in your peripheral, field, you know, right? You see it in side eye, you know, you see it from around the corner. You see the black and white, right? You instantly on alert. And I slow down, right? I have to slow down, because I know at any time. Cross and see me spaz on the police when they pull us over. And in my car with tinted windows, what car I used to have. Like, regardless of what it looked like, I know why they stopped me. I know why they stopped us. And he didn't see me like lose my patience with them, because I've been pulled over, you know, over thirty times. More than you know, households have been pulled over in their lifetime. <laughs> so, like, like for me, like I know there won't be a break, and so I'm always in triage, right? I'm always trying to find what's the What's the most urgent thing to take care of right because I've seen families deal with that, right? which bills do we pay this month? right? Where do we want to be behind this month? not what do we want to catch up, not what do we want to pay right is there's just an option of what do we which light do we want to keep the lights on? Or do we want to keep the heat on right and and it's and it's interesting because anybody who would be willing to have their eyes open anybody that will be willing right when they say they come in because they want to be a part of a movement. They don't want to initiate a movement necessarily right they want to see something happening and relate to it and then jump in. But if they can't see the relation right anytime something happened on the news. I think that could happen to you or that could happen to you or that could happen to you or, could to you, or it could happen to me or anybody else. In my family, that don't happen to the majority of folks. Um, you know, in America, they see, oh man, that's so sad. Even, even when it's white kids at a at a school, at an elementary school, right, in in Southern California, it's still in one ear and out the other because everybody's desensitized. Because what they show is, right, the culprit walking off in handcuffs, you know, and maybe they get off, maybe they don't, but they know we know that the culprit is alive right now. Right, unless they unless they go out in the, you know, blaze of glory. But otherwise, like, we know that if it's me, like, like, are y'all gonna riot? What if it's if it's me? Right? It's like, are you gonna riot if it's Figo? Are you gonna riot if it's cross? Because that's the, the truth of it is it could be any one of us at any point. All the people that see me every day all the all the people that you you work with all the students that you be in contact with right all the folks that's you know underprivileged left out looked over that you interact with more likely than not they at least start a fire for you and now that's the that's what the point that's what the point uh America is at like we just got we we starting fires for people now because everything else is falling on deaf ears and blind eyes
1: no 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 lie uh this you you the reason why I smiled in the middle of it was because you said something like would you ride for me and the reason why it triggered this this moment from an incredible movie coming from a guy with a mask on <laughs> this movie's called the Dark Knight, and in this movie, the Joker says something that's like super real. Like I, this resonates with me, and and you, you you rung the bell super loud when you said that. Will you riot for me? He said, "If it's a if it's a bus full of soldiers, no one bats an eye. But say it's one little old lady, everyone loses control, and it's so real. It's like." we, like June said it last week, like, when is it going to be, when is it coming to me? When is it, when is it going to get to me? When is it going to get close? And then it got close to her. Right. And it's like, I mean, you know, there was a youth who was killed in Vallejo and you know, to me, I, I, I keep a boundary between when I look and see what the information actually is versus when I get wind of it, right? So I got wind of it, and it wasn't until two days later that I actually took the time to look at who it was and realize I worked with this young person, right? Like, I, they were in my my circle, and I actually had some level of interaction, impact, influence on who they are. Now they're no longer with me. And that's too many times the narrative, right? I think I'm doing some good, but it's a it's a system by design, right? Like I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people in nonprofits say this. Why fix the problem when we could prolong the problem and continue to get paid off of it? Right? And you think about how distorted and twisted that philosophy and ideology is, right? Where it's like we could very easily create a solution, but why do that? Just like pharmaceutical companies, right? Like we could we got the cure, but right. Why do that if we could just continue on just this path, right? Because what happens is it's not that the problem gets solved, it's that the problem changes. And so what do we do? We switch what we focus on. Instead of saying, let's cut this problem off and focus on the next problem, nah, this problem going to become minimized, and we're going to go on the next one that's big, right? So just to kind of give y'all some insight, it's not to be all doom and gloom, but it is to say that you – you as a listener, you have a certain level of, of responsibility if you choose to, right? If you make the choice, it's all choices and decisions at the end of the day. If you want to get involved, all you got to do is look, you know, we live in an information age and all you got to do is is find something to hook onto and have a conversation, build a dialogue and start to learn, right? Educate yourself, be informed because, you know, this is coming from people who we all, we found each other through just we come from the same place, right? We all have the same interests and we're trying to, bre- bre- you know, break out of those boundaries and those boxes by doing things like this, by sharing our perspective. But right. we implore you, please offer this perspective to other people. Share this with other people. You know, the, even though it's called Lyrical Ones, yes, we are fanatical artists. We love to do what we do, but at the same time, we're trying to share. We're trying to build. But you... But you're right.
2: It's like artists have to talk to artists, right? Because that's the way we hear things, right? That's the way we communicate. And the same way men have to talk to men, men have to check men, right? Women don't need to be telling us that we're doing wrong, right? Men need to be telling us, right? Women have been saying it, you know, since the beginning of time, right? White people don't need to, you know, we don't need to tell white people what's going on, right? They got the Google right there at their fingertips, right there on their phone, Siri can tell. Siri, what's anti-racist? Right, <laughs> right, right. Rich people need to talk to rich people. Organizations need to talk to organizations. Right. Corporations need to talk to corporations. Right. So when, and that's I think that's what we're seeing in the media is when, when Ben and Jerry's right, put out a statement like we've been doing this, we've been about this, right. That's them talking to other corporations, right. That's how they talk. That's that right. that, that money talk. Right. It's like, we've been doing this. It's not for us. It's not for them to tell, tell us. So they, they, we we'll buy ice cream. Right. We say, regardless of our revenue and our projections or whatever, right. We willing to make this statement. We were willing to come out against the problem. Right. So that we can find a solution together. Right, it's it's not just about stating the problem, right? And so you see some companies initiate, right? In that proactive, anti-racist tone, right? And then you see others, right? In that we not racist, passive advertisement, proclamation statement, right? And say, you know, we just comfortable and we know it's wrong if we don't put up $10 million. Because, you know, we got a couple billions to, to mess with, right? And we just made 30 billion in the corn and the shelter in place. So we can drop off 10 million to these these organizations that's making noise, even if we not go do anything else, right? We go say, well, we have a surplus of, right? But when you give your last of something, right, I get my last of my time, the last of my energy, right, the last of my sanity to go out and, and march with. With people that, that's hurting like I am, right, or hurting more than me. When it's not when it's not convenient for me, right, when it's not convenient for me, right. That's that's when we talk about that in, intersectionality work, right. When it's not convenient for me, or comfortable for me to talk about Black trans lives and how they need to be included. Now we need to talk about them, because who else is going to talk about them? Right, because I need the people that vibe with me to hear me. Because who else is going, Y'all not listening to them, right? Y'all not listening to they're not listening to us. So the people who who relate to you are the ones you gotta have a conversation with. And right for for our listeners, right, it's like the people that you relate to is the ones you need to have this conversation with. Don't come.
1: Don't oh. come ask me. I mean, you know, come ask me. I'm I'm here for
2: it. <laughs> I, I, ask Cinio. Ask Cinio. Catch catch him in the mask or without the yeah, mask. Exactly. He, he got he got time.
0: And don't ask I... Christian because he fell asleep. <laughs> hey Christian, bro, are you still there? I think Christian
2: really knocked out, bro.
1: Nah, Christian there. He there.
2: Yeah, he got he got he got more obligations. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's there true. We go. It's true. He Got a yeah, lot of part. responsibilities. That part. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, it looked like you was going to say something earlier, Figo. Was you getting ready to say something and speak on it?
0: Oh, man. Well, moving forward. Yes, you were. Moving you forward. Moving forward. Where where are we going with all this? I feel like this is a constant question I'm asking. but Because, you know, like, we've been, like, I mean, Kirk was sharing about the 60s, you know, for crying out loud. And the fact yeah. that this is still happening, like, how long, you know, now in the age of information with the internet where where hashtags and, you know, everything seems to move people. You know how long is this gonna last, and that's kind of my thing, like, and when do we actually see these laws and I know some laws are actually like i'm not saying I know it sounds very pessimistic of me uh to to be in this tone, but I'm just ready for like for it to be flipped upside down I mean I think we're all ready for that, but
1: um how I don't know how long um well, going to how long too is too long right like yeah, um to me, I think that. For me personally, like I'm speaking on myself, I know that I can't go back to what it was. I can't mm-hmm. go back to me, you know, like in some regards, I was playing it safe. I was thinking of my white coworker safety before I thought about my identity, right? Like, how do I make you feel comfortable in your space mm-hmm. when I should be saying to myself, this is my space just as much as it's your space. Damn. And I need you to I- identify the fact that I'm here. Mm -hmm. there's nothing threatening about me and if you feel threatened let's have a conversation and a dialogue right because i mean going back to what alex said like it's this is something that i'm going to bring up a, a bunch right knowing your capacity right some people ain't got time for what you're trying to bring to them and some people do and i think we like like alex said don't ask him right and respect that because at the end of the day, we're telling you our boundaries. We're telling you where, where we hold ourselves at. And you should be able to respect that and approach us appropriately, right? So when you talk about how long's too long, it's those conversations, right? It's yeah. about people being able to describe, like, what's my capacity of engagement, right? I, I'm going to be upfront. Like, yeah, come at me. You see me, come to me. I'm here Mm -hmm. for that. There's a person for everything, right? Not everybody in the tribe is going to be the voodoo doctor, right? Mm -hmm. Not every, not every person in the tribe going to be the chief. Mm -hmm. Not every person in the tribe going to be the head hunter. Everybody has a role in the community. Everybody has a role that they, that they know where they belong, where their heart is. And it's up to all these people around us to respect that, to understand that. And so for me, like, it's already been too long, right? We talk about 40 year to 20 year gap. And here we are again for 400 plus years in a hole. So I'm saying for me, I can't never go back. I can never be who I was. I can never be that person in these spaces and think of myself, anything less than it's always going to be greater. It's always going to be more. So for me, it's like, I gotta, I gotta be able to, to take, take the change and make the change. So like, how many of y'all heard the term code switch, right? Code mm-hmm. switch. Ain't no more code switch, right? Not for me. It's multi, right? I'm learning how to speak more than one language. I'm not code switching for you. I'm going to be me. Yeah. You're going to have to accept my accent. If you can understand the message, and I didn't offer any form of support for correction, if you can understand my message, that's good enough. I don't need you to tell me how to say it. I don't need you to tell me what it is. Do you understand, understand
0: me? It, yeah, as it should be, man. And I think this conversation is going to, all over the country, it's, it's starting to happen already in the workplace. Like, a lot of folks are going to be like, wait, hold on. Like, it's literally that time where, uh, yeah, companies are going to start to have to really check themselves because, you know, the the curtain's open. It's been open, but now they're seeing it fully and, you know, i have yeah i've shared how much i've exploded in zooms so
1: you're an advocate you you got to you repping for the, for the for
0: yourself and the community yeah man and i'm you know and back to a major key that you shared was educating ourselves on it you know because the emotions there the anger is there the frustration is there the sadness but now we got to find these solutions and how do we present those solutions um and you know everyone has different solutions. But so I'm picking my battles. You know what I mean? And that's one thing I've learned because when you start wearing too many hats, it could get complicated and you will get drained. So right. I, I do like to encourage folks, like, hey, make sure you're taking care of yourself and picking the battles you're you're gonna fight and put your energy in because there's a lot of battles and then you know animal cruelty and fur and uh I don't no. know. I just kinda <laughs> save the earth. You know what I'm saying? Like the earth no, is this- dying, bro. Like like the earth is dying too, you know, and you think about that, like humans suck. Um, that's a big statement, but it's true. Uh, but I don't know, man. I'm, I, I'm grateful to have these conversations. All, all jokes aside, like I'm really grateful to have these conversations because, you know, they're healing and necessary. I, I feel like I sound like an echo, uh, like I repeat myself a lot, but I truly do find healing in these conversations. And um, it was, yeah, I don't know, man. No, I, oh, I mean, yeah.
1: I'm here for you. I mean, mm. I'm here for it. I'm here for you. You know, I'm here for everybody. Mm. Right. One for all, all for one. Um, Cross had a uh, kind of hint hinted at it last week about the whole, like my hero academia uh, references. And, yes. You know, nice. Got to <laughs> smile. Got a smile. Got to I... put on a smile for the people. That's right. Cause they need, they need that hope. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they yeah. need to know that it's going to be okay. And you know, like you said, right. Pick your battles, right. Like I said, it's all about knowing your capacity, knowing yes. your limits and being okay with that and communicating that to others right because people will you know like there's you're right, it's something to fight every which way you turn there's yeah. always going to be a battle, and I think that your wellness has to be centered right it has to be it has to come first right your your self love and your self health right mm-hmm. that's your mental your physical your whole your spiritual mind body self yourself yeah you need to be whole because if you're gonna if you're gonna show up for others. You got to show up for you first.
0: Oh, man, I've learned that the hard way. I'll tell you that. Because, yeah, you'll be completely drained. You're like, wait a minute. I'm not even, I'm on autopilot. Um, So I'm always constantly having to check myself in that. But, uh, yeah, we're working on it. I'm heading to L.A. Heading to L.A. tomorrow, you know. Uh, A little segue. But, yeah, I'm heading to L.A. Visit family. uh, Making sure to, you know, recharge. Uh, Yeah, man. Sunday, I'm beyond honored that, kirk is asking me to do a piece bro Senio, you heard of pull up with the mask man stop playing man you know this is um you know i don't know i feel like it's time man so yeah i'll, I'll hit, hit him hit him a little eight bars and Senio, take it away like um <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding i i'm a strong uh, believer that this is like also a time for me to listen a lot to be honest you know and um I know we hear it on news, we hear it in the workplace. Black and brown, you know, where the statistics are showing, we're always and we're all locked up together. We're all in the same neighborhoods and stuff. So, uh, but right now, you know, and I keep saying that, man, is is uh, especially been the history in San Francisco. It's like Mario Woods. We're starting the the march at uh, in that space. So, you know, I just want to make sure I come correct. I'm gonna say my piece and and represent. But but, bro, if you could pull up, man, I'm. Pass the mic. Yeah, you
1: know? yeah. Simple like, and plain. One,
2: keep, keep, Yeah, keep the mask. And you got, you guys have to say. Yeah, man. Um, Simple and plain. It's just. Yeah, you guys, you guys have to say, and like none of none of the positions that we get put in is by accident, right? It's a it's a reason that you're here at this time, doing this with us, right? And yeah. not the year before, you know, or not two years ago, or three years ago. Right, it's a reason why, you know, the interaction that we have is this way at this time Mm -hmm. on the planet, right? Because it's not just the states, right? You got eighteen other countries protesting, you know, trying to make sure that your voice is heard, right? So that right, so that people hear the perspective of the black man, Mm
4: -hmm.
2: right? Of the black woman, right? Of the black life right not just the life right being being able to live but right but the but the sound of that life right the perspective of that life the voice of that life right and none of it's by accident and like the complexity that you get by being more than just black right is important also right it's it's important also like none of it's by accident
0: yeah, man. So, yeah, I'm just gonna say, what up, y'all, Senio. Take it away. Oh, I'm gonna,
1: I'm gonna see what I can do. I'm gonna <laughs> no, see. Yeah, Star- man. Seriously, it, it's it's yeah. And- um, but uh, just a uh, kind of something that Cross brought up earlier that I wanted to touch on was, you know, how do y'all feel about Starbucks not letting employees represent for Black Lives Matter? Right. Going back to the whole not racist versus anti racist, and kind of like, you know this big conglomerate that's shutting down stores right now because of what's going on is also preventing people from kind of being able to represent for what, what they believe in, in the workplace. So what do you, what do y'all think of that?
0: Stupid. Yeah. And it's a shame. Like you're going backwards. You know what I mean? They're like, when we look at history, you want to be on the right side of history. You would, you would think, I think I've seen this thing of like, this, I don't know if it was a meme or something, but it's like we have the the cheat the cheat test, whatever you know. The what do you call it? What used the cheating test, and you have the answers already. The answers cheat are sheet. there already. The, the cheat sheet. Yeah, there you go. Like it's there already. Like so these, yeah, they're just gonna be. You know what I'm saying? They're they're foolish. They're on the wrong side of history for making that choice, and you know it's shameful because I enjoy Starbucks. Um, I like I really like coffee, but. Then again, it's really overly priced too, and that's a whole different story. So, you know, I'm cool. It, well, it's
2: it's not that it's overpriced. It's not priced for you. Hey, you, yeah, there you go. Well, that part, right? They, right? They, <laughs> they, they pricing it for somebody. Yeah. Right. I and, there, but yeah. Yeah. Respect. You know. Right. I got. I got Nikes.
0: <laughs> yeah, that part too, right? man.
2: That's a whole different right? conversation. See, that's
0: a whole different conversation. But
2: it's connected. It so. it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of the, right. It's to, to a degree, right? Because right, what Starbucks is saying is that we will support this, and you can do this, but you can't do this, right? So if we say the LGBTQIA plus right, community matters during Pride right at Starbucks, Right, and we say, you know, folks ain't got a choice, right? They're born how they're born, right? And it's still, it's, and we hope they find their way and who they are, right? And we try to, you know, give them space to express their identity, right, and embrace their identity so they can be be their best self, right? So, I'm born this way, and I have to also find my identity being a minority in America where I see privileges get taken away when it's discovered, you know, I look a certain way or I, or I, melanin hits is in my skin a certain way, or the sun hits hits my skin a certain way. Right. But I can't support my, my ethnicity, right. My, my culture. Yeah. Right, and just, and not in, not in negativity though. Right, just in saying that I matter. Right, just in saying that I deserve to live. Right, that I deserve to thrive. Because that's really what it is. It's like this is cool at Starbucks, and this is not. Because it ain't just they. They're not just saying you got to wear your uniform. Because I get that. Right, if it's you got to wear your uniform, this is the uniform. Everybody's got to wear it, no matter what. Fine, I get it. But when you say, "Oh, well, you could do this, but you can't do that," right? You can support this movement and these rights, but you can't support this movement and these rights, right? And that's that's where it's it's really on brand with with Starbucks, though, right? It's not a surprise there, right? Ain't nobody surprised about that. Um, And like, we don't—I had never worked for them, so I don't know their meetings and how they run and what they tell people and how they should treat. You know, young black men, but you know we' we've, we've seen we've seen them do too much, and there is and I agree so much with what Kirk said is like the justice is stop killing me right the pre- the prevention, right, not the apology, not the funeral, not the memorial, right I want to live, right. Yeah. I don't want I don't want y'all to remember me. I want y'all to get to know me. There you go. Right while yeah. I'm here. And, yeah. and companies, right? Is it's again, right? It's that that passivity where it's like, we're not gonna jump into this just yet. Right. And it's gotta be a certain value, right? It's gotta, it's got to right say, well, if black people is not the majority of folks buying coffee from us right if they don't identify Mm. with our brand already then we ain't gonna go out of our way we ain't gonna jump through no hoop for them right and that's the difference between the black lives matter and what pride means in june wow right yeah because like oh well anybody can be a part of this community right not just black people right so their market share Right or the 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 dollar the the power of their dollar right is a little bit heavier right so if they pull it out of my pocket my pocket's gonna be a lot lighter than if just black people pour their money out of my pocket and that's yeah. that's really what it is that's the reality and that's why yeah. and that's why Nike has got their ads right because we know the majority of athletes right in America's you know superstar athletes. Our black people. Don't don't mess with that heavy money in your pocket. Yep. You 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 call up Kaepernick and say, Whatever they don't pay you, if you don't get no work, we're gonna pay you. Right? And they and he's been getting paid this whole time. And that's fine. Right? I don't know how much you want a job. That's another that's another conversation. Yeah, yeah that That's definitely another conversation, but again right companies is not going to jump through no hoops if it ain't going to affect they their pockets they uh their pockets
0: yeah that's true you so got you gotta, you gotta aim at their pockets so they could start
2: you know shake them up and that's and that's what we that's that, that's what this loud cry these loud cries are about right It's like the opening yeah. statement right before we before we drop the thesis on them. Yeah. Right. Before we before we come with solutions. Right. Word, and word. we are forming those solutions right now. Right. That's what these all these conversations are about. Right. It's not just a problem. Yeah. We've been knew what the problem was. Right. But let's continue to come up with plans. Right. When you talk about reform, education reform and police reform and get rid of redlining and gerrymandering and redistricting and food deserts. It's like it don't it, it ain't hard to say, hey, we need you to build your grocery store a little bit closer to these people, to this area. Right? We need we need that to happen. Or we need some kind of program in the city where if you Instacart services these people or gives them a discount if they live in this area because there's no because there's no grocery stores in this area. Like I don't need to go to a grocery store that's got 14 different types of bacon and 16 different Oreo Oreo flavors. Like are you trying to kill me? Oh, my bad. Yes, you are. Yep, right. It's like if you don't if you if you can survive getting from home to the grocery store. When you get to the grocery store, let's see if you can negate uh, the epidemiology of the food that slaves had to eat which was the leftovers of the pig right and sugar water or subsidized corn syrup and let's see let's let's see if the only thing that low-income families can afford you know don't kill them and then try to make it back home
1: to then be at home with all the poison that you just picked up. Right. I mean, it's the craziest thing because, I mean, Starbucks, y'all better never sell another coffee bean in your life. I don't want to see another black coffee inside your store. From now on, you can only serve vanilla beans. That's it. I don't want to see nothing else because at the end of the day, you can't, you you can't try and, and ignore the fact that we are here. We are founding fathers of this country we weren't we didn't have That's a choice true. in the matter we were forced into it but we still are founders of it and forced the fatherhood yeah forced into fatherhood like really like you think about the the con in that like especially the dynamics around like not only how black people are treated people of color are treated within this system but the 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 way that forced fatherhood is put on to just black men in general right like there's a whole level of that that you know is another conversation for another day as well. But well, is, yeah, that's
2: he- that's heavy because you know it's it's a lot of different
1: things. It's it's more like uh, forced fatherlesshood. Oh, well, that's what I'm saying. Like we we could talk a little bit about how like. The deindustrialization of the United States led to this, right? Like you gotta remember, yeah. like we made up a, a big part of the workforce that was heavy in labor and industry and work working within work- warehouses, right? And right. It's- agriculture in the south, textiles yeah. in the north. Exactly. So it was like as soon as they started to break that down and, and send that outside, and everything became an import, we lost our financial footing and power to be able to, to support ourselves and to be there. And then not to mention when we did try to organize our communities, right? What'd you do? You created more laws to like oppress us. Like y'all created a whole whole section of the FBI, COINTELPRO, just to monitor what we were doing and then infiltrated it and broke us down from the inside and then gave us drugs on top of that. So we talk about a forced fatherless community, right? We got to talk about all of the different forms of like action that was enacted to put us in the position for these things to be stereotypes, for these things to be associated with. Like, wasn't this wasn't no choice involved. This was literally like, oh, we got you every step of the way. You think you're going to come up? Guess what? We're going to take that away from you. Or you think you're going to come together? Guess what? We're going to infiltrate and break you down. Or you think you're going to be healthy? Or we're going to give you some crack, and that's what it's going to be. So, you know, it's, well, even it's be- crazy. Even before
2: that, right? Even before that, right? We're going to call you lazy, and then I'll let you have a job. Right, we will call you. We will call you dumb and not let you go to school. Right, not gonna let you go to the co- closest university to you. Matter of fact, not even the closest university. Right, you can't even go to the next closest university. You can't even go to clo- the university in in the in the, the three states near you. Right, we will call we will call you. We will call you lazy and then not let you get a job. And then when you get a job and you or you or you come back from World War Two and The only jobs you could get is in the hospitality or in agriculture. When, when the great depression hit, we go come up with unemployment and then not allow anybody that works these jobs to benefit from unemployment. So if you work in agriculture or you work in hospitality, you can't even get nothing from unemployment anyway. So we go keep you on the outside still. And then when you try to, Build a city, build a town, build a Black Wall Street, we'll burn that down for you. Not not not, 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 not for us. We're gonna do this for you because it was gonna happen to you anyway, because we 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 wrote here in our constitution that we wrote here in our constitution that, that you 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 less than. And and we're gonna teach all our kids that you less than. And most folks won't and we go get them jobs as police chiefs and get them jobs as executives so that they also think that when they hire you or they pol- over-police you, that you less than and that you are liable to bring yourself to ruin.
1: Couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, it's, it's crazy kinda how this all intertwines and intertangles but it is something that needs to be shared and discussed at all times um you know i, I don't know how everybody's feeling right now just getting a, a sense of the clock now nah, yeah but, man we we definitely this could continue like
0: i think we could get another 3 hours in um but i love that this organically came together uh, lyrical ones 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 lyrical ones ones it's
2: ones coming. ones so i would i would say i would say Next week, we, or the, um, the next half of this, we talk about solutions. We come back with some solutions. Like that. You know, that yeah. we cover, you know, some problems. Um,
0: yeah. And even other topics we could tackle. Uh, you know, we have a variety. We could literally, <clears throat> we have creative control here, you know. Um, but obviously, right now, more than ever, it's important, you know what I'm saying, to speak on what we're sharing. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Straight up. Uh you know, I know Christian definitely understands what we're saying right
2: now. Um, but yeah, we're all here together, right, Christian? All right, y'all. Building. Thanks, thanks for having me on. I think I'm a, I'ma pop out before you sign up, sign us out. Yeah, my battery hey. about to die. Oh,
0: I got right. you. So yeah, man. I'll I'll do that. Do I do the outro for these now? Yeah.
4: Yeah. All right. Intro you outro. All
0: right, man. Well, for those tuning in. This is Lyrical Ones, episode two. I go by the name of Figo Navarro. I'm here with my brother, Cineo, Alex Osborne, Christian Bustos, Win Night Night. Shout out to our special guest today that jumped up, uh, jumped on, Kirk Davis. In June. In in June. Let's not forget June. Uh, She came out and left the room. Um, And yeah, man, it was a lovely evening. Thank you guys, as always. Uh, Christian, you got a lot of work uh, as far as editing goes, but uh, we're going to get through it. Uh, Stay tuned for another episode of Lyrical Ones, Ones, Lyrical Ones, Ones. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) All that. Cool, man. Peace. Peace, y'all. Love y'all.